Hello and welcome to the Beatles World Cup where we take 213 Beatles songs and slowly with like a, I think it's called a mandolin, isn't it? We slice away layer by layer, piece by piece until at the very end we have a beautiful slice of Beatles goodness. A mandolin? We're doing it with a wooden instrument? Is it a mandolin? I'm sure that a mandolin's like a very fine slicer. I, I think a mandolin is like a stringed instrument. What am I thinking of? I don't know. Uh, weird. Uh, I'm Jono. Mm. <laughs> and I'm Rob. Okay. And let's get off cooking and into the four random songs that we pulled out of the box last week. Rob, oh, yes. what were they? They were, Jono. Love Me Do from Please Please Me. I Want You. She's So Heavy from Abbey Road. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds from Sgt. Peppers. And She Loves You, which was a single. Four bangers. Four mm. bangers this week. Let's get mm. into it. This is the Beatles World Cup. we mentioned at the end of last week's uh, episode, literally running the gauntlet of the Beatles' history. And let's start that gauntlet with uh, Love Me Do. Yeah, Love Me Do. Very, very early stuff here. Um, Literally, because we're on Please Please Me. But also, John remembered this, Jono. In the early 70s, he was doing an interview and he said, look, that was something Macca had been messing around with since he was about 15 years old. So it, it is a very early Beatles song that had been kicking around for a while. Uh, interestingly, it's a song that's in three versions out there. Uh, there are three versions of the song. The first they recorded with Pete Best, you can find on Anthology. The second version, which has Ringo drumming, you can find on Past Masters. That was typically the single. And the third version, which is on the Please Please Me LP, actually has a session drummer called Andy White on it. So, in terms of releases, this song's all over the place. There are, as I say, three out there, but it's usually two that people hear the most. The Ringo version, for example, was the first UK single. Um, but the US single uh, was Andy White. So, <laughs> it's it's a really strange song. Beatles songs typically don't go like this. They just recorded them and that was that. But this has three distinct versions, Jono. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, will I go on? Sure. I, I find the song very, I'm going to use the T word, very twee. Um, the tempo, the words, the whole package. I know it was the hot new sound at the time, and it's a very historic song for the guys, but I'm not really into it at all as a song, John O. Okay. Please. It's, is it please, too much please, harmonica for you? <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind John having a little toot every now and then, or playing his harmonica. <laughs> that was... That was in the late 60s, not this time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's really just the tempo and the words that get to me. It's very, very twee. It definitely sort of ambles along, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, more than anything. Because um, it only got to number 17 in the UK. It wasn't really a hit. It was a hit in the US um, where it got to number one. Yeah, that's um, it. So, yeah. I think that um, what I love is a little bit of fun fact with it is that the reason why because John and Paul are singing harmony uh, throughout mm. up until the line where it's just Paul saying love me do do you know why 
because oh. they needed John to be ready to play the harmonica. So he couldn't do Love Me Do and then play the harmonica because they basically oh, recorded it almost as live, I guess. Yeah, they were would have, yeah. Um, which is hilarious. So George Martin says, Paul, you just do the Love Me Do so that John's ready with the harmonica. Crazy. But that did... actually works. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that works for me, actually. Yeah. Um, it's very cute. I mean, I think we, you know, you, you sometimes have to look at this one, you know, as a historical, it's it's a moment and there's a definite reason why it's well known. Mm. That doesn't necessarily mean it's the greatest song ever. No, not at all. Mm. No, I think that's where I was going with my thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Love Me Do, very famous for mm-hmm. uh, all the right reasons, just... Um, yeah. Not sure about Twee, though. Okay. I'm not sure about Twee. Um, all right, let's crack into uh, literally flipping to the other end of the Beatles' career. I Want You, She's So Heavy. All seven minutes of it. Oh, isn't it good? This is this is Lennon essentially writing about Yoko. Um, and the song is in two parts. You have the vocal and the instrumental. Um, you have this simple sort of blues thing going on which is good you know the Beatles doing blues in that later period I think is really cool really heavy literally uh, given this song but then you have these sort of guitar arpeggios that begin and they get more and more tense and people interpret this as you know Lennon's desire for Yoko getting stronger and stronger and the arpeggios get more intense it's a really well put together song of course it's got some white noise in it which apparently in the studio Macca hated um, the sound engineer, I can't think, might have been Jeff Emmerich or someone like that, um, said he saw Macca just slumped in the studio, just like, oh, he didn't, he hated that they'd recorded this really cool thing, but were then sort of messing it up with white noise. Uh, and the ending of it, where it's cut so abruptly, that's that's a Lennon thing. They were listening back to it, and just near the end, Lennon said, cut it there. And they were like, oh, okay. But then when they listened back to it, they thought, that's actually really cool, the way that ends. So that that's an interesting thing, I think, about this song. Personally, when I listen to this, I hear it as a real 70s kind of song. I know it came out at the end of 69, but it's almost like the Beatles setting the agenda for the 70s, or at least the start of the 70s, which I think says a lot about the group that even at this stage, they were sort of making up newish sort of sounds setting the agenda musically it's a really cool slinky kind of vibe i really like this john i like it a lot actually mm, it is very cool i mean it um sitting with an abbey road i mean this is on the same side of abbey road as octopus's garden and maxwell's silver hammer <laughs> mm. um love the hammond organ billy preston going crazy there in certain bits it's really awesome in the background sounds like almost like sort of old school like sort of slightly crazed sort of church organ kind mm-hmm. of vibe mm-hmm. um it, i mean it's definitely a heavy song isn't it <laughs> there's no oh, there's no two ways about it with that um i love that the description of somebody calling it the foundation of stoner rock <laughs> stoner rock yeah that's that's fair actually um yeah i, I can hear that yeah um a little sad note on this one the final overdub of this was the final time the four of them were ever in a studio together. It would Isn't be. sad? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's really, it is very good. Uh, you kind of have to be in the right mood for it, I think. Um, and 
man, if, you, uh, if you're feeling down after this, you just flip the album over and you've got Here Comes the Sun <laughs> straight <laughs> afterwards just to pull you back up again. Nice. Um, yeah, I think it's great. Uh, I am fascinated by the fact that Ringo, apart from playing the drums in this, also played a wind machine. Really? Yeah. Not quite sure where that came in. Um, huh. But yeah. It is it is really good. And the, the surprise ending is, is great. Is has the original version with the ending not cut off ever been released? I wonder if That's it was on the Abbey Road Deluxe Edition. I don't mm. know. Apparently they hadn't recorded much beyond where it cuts. Mm. Apparently it was getting closer and closer to the end. And there wasn't much tape left of the mm. recording. And Lennon was like, Yep, there. Mm. So whether he knew that or not, I don't know. <laughs> It is great. Mm. It's a great song. And pro- pro- slightly overlooked, I think, sometimes on, on the album. Um, yeah. oh, I think so. It's not It's not a go-to happy sort of song that you just pop on and go for a jog or, <laughs> or something. The only thing I would say about it is you could be passively could have cut out one of the one of the chunks of it. It does go on for quite a while. Mm-hmm. But there aren't many Beatles songs that do, so, mm. you know, it's not like they're Led Zeppelin or The Doors or something, or The Grateful or, Dead. Or, or Within You, Without You. Or, indeed. <laughs> that not. Um, cool. Yeah, no, good. Like it. Okay. Like it a lot. Uh, moving on to another kind of stoner, well, I mean, stoner, psychedelia, slow burn amble, mm. uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Yes, from Sgt. Pepper's, the album I famously don't particularly like on this podcast. Um, Look, I'll start by saying it's amazing that people still debate today whether John was making an LSD reference with this song. Um, Because to my mind, honestly, he'd have been truthful enough at that time to say whether he was or not. I don't think he would have played coy with it. Um, They they were all admitting to taking LSD and stuff like that. So to to admit they were writing a song about it, I think they would have. Paul had actually seen the Lucy drawing that had inspired the song. It it was a real thing. Uh, And fun fact, the owner of the Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds drawing these days is David Gilmore from Pink Floyd. Did you know that, Jono? I had that written on my little trivia list too. You had that there? I did. Uh, Look, for, for me, the song is almost a bit cliche these days because it's peak psychedelia and that's very easy to parody. You know, you listen to it and it's almost a parody of itself because it is just that peak psychedelia, you know, version of psychedelia. Uh, But if I take a step back, I think it's a really good track. The production for the tools they possessed at the time, Jono, is just extraordinary. You know, no wonder they were giving Brian Wilson in the Beach Boys headaches every time they put out an album with all this wizardry going on, he's probably wondering, how the hell did they do that? Uh, there are some amazing sounds in this song. It is it is an amazing track in, in some ways, but the flip side of the coin for me, as I say, is that it does seem a bit cliche in places. I remember you saying the same thing mm-hmm. about I'm the Walrus. Yeah, I probably would have. Hmm. That it was a bit cliched now and therefore. And I actually always regret that a little bit that we just sort of relegated I Am the Walrus so quickly. Mm. Uh, I can't even remember what won that week, but it was something good. But um, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is. There's, the imagery in it is incredible. Like it's mm-hmm. just crazy, um, but fascinating. And I feel like the chorus lets it down. 
I feel yeah. like it's got the, it's got these amazing verses, and then it just sort of goes into. I don't know. It sort of loses a bit of the magic when it hits the chorus for me. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Um, I'm, I'm I'm playing it in my head as you're talking. Yeah. Because yeah. then it just sort of goes. Da, 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 da. But you've got that sort of dreamlike, psychedelic, acid trippy. Mm. I mean, he can say it's not an acid song all he likes. I mean, I'm not saying that the LSD thing is correct, but it's definitely an acid song. I mean, oh, yeah. surely. Well, it's their period for that. You know, I think, isn't it during recording Pepper that Lennon took LSD and he needed a breath of fresh air, so someone let him up onto the roof. Mm. And the other guys realised about 10 minutes later and had to run up there just in case John fell off the roof. Because he turned into a golden god. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I really enjoy Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds up until the chorus. I honestly okay. think the chorus lets it down. I can't, I'm not sure if you agree with me on that one, but yeah. But beautiful yeah, I, production. I can see what you mean about it, for sure. Beautiful, yeah, dreamy. And imagine, I can just imagine 67, May 67, you know, this playing, people smoking a bit of weed and just, <laughs> mm, <laughs> whoa, mm. man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting little fact, apart from you know, the, the owner of the uh, original picture, the lyrics, if you wanted to pick up the handwritten lyrics, you could have for a cool quarter of a million dollars. Oh, I'll take two. For. Yeah. Um, and there's another version of this, which I didn't realize that they'd done an entire album, um, which was uh, like did a, a track for track uh, remake of Sgt. Pepper, The Flaming Lips. And they oh, did, really? it, it was called, I think I'm right in saying, with a little help from my f- friends, F-W-E-N-D-S. Um, and the version of this is done by Miley Cyrus and Moby. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That sounds bizarre. And it is bizarre. It does. It, the whole album is quite bizarre. Like, it's got a very strange vibe to it. So oh. if you get a chance to go and uh, look up Flaming Lips with a little help from my friends. I will. There we go. Um, hey, let's move on and crash into because that's what it does at the beginning. She loves you. Straight into it. <laughs> yes, yes. The this is the first Beatles single, Jono, to sell a million copies. Did you know that? I do. I do now. <coughs> Excuse me. The writing of this, I think, is so sweet. When you hear the story of this being written, it was Paul and John after a gig sitting on a bed each in their hotel room facing each other. I think it's how we all wish their stuff was written. Uh, Alas, it wasn't. (laughs) Generally, they were writing on their own and bringing ideas to each other. But this is one of those times, Jono, where the guys were sitting in a hotel room after a gig, bouncing ideas off one another, acoustic guitar in each guy's hand. I think that's just such an awesome image. And you know what? It does remain the band's best-selling single in the United Kingdom, which staggers me, you know, because it's so early in their career. This is just late 63. So you think of all the really cool, amazing stuff that's come after it, a single stuff we've spoken about on this show, stuff we will speak about on this show, and none of it tops this. Isn't that crazy? You know, you listen to this song... And you, it's almost like that. This sums up Beatlemania to me. Mm-hmm. Whenever yeah. you see sort of footage of Beatlemania or you know talking about it, this is the song they play. Yeah, I mean, when we think of early Beatles, we do think of this. 
we also think of Love Me Do as well being an early song of theirs, you know, first single and all of that. But I think this is so much better than plotting old Love Me Do. I, it, it's still very pop. It's still very light, like Love Me Do, but it's extraordinarily good. Mm. It just rattles along, as you say, it just crashes in. <laughs> you know, the drums, you know, and, and off, we're off to the races. Yeah. It's it's really good, and no wonder it sold a million. Because we go through a lot of, obviously, early Beatles songs on here, and some of them just don't sound like them. This, from the first moment, sounds like the Beatles. Like, it is just condensed down, pure, early Beatles, this track, I think. Yeah, they've, they've distilled it, they've bottled it, here it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you have you heard the Peter Sellers version of this? I have not. Uh, no. He basically does, I think it's four different characters basically doing like a spoken word version of it. So right. and one of them is like a very sort of snooty, stuck up, you know, gentleman. Is like, uh, she loves you. Yes. 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 <laughs> she loves you. Yes, and there's like an Irish one, and there's a, there's all yeah, all sorts of different characters essentially doing the same thing. It's on YouTube. I will post it because it is quite uh, hilarious. Um, Brilliant! I love Peter Sellers. Yeah. Weirdly though, do you know that scene in Get Back where he turns up to the studio, and it's really awkward, and he's really awkward, and it's just very uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> but that's. Thing. That's Peter Sellers. That that's that's the story of Peter Sellers in a nutshell. That when he wasn't inhabiting a character, he was sort of this blank, not very interesting person. Mm. But when he would inhabit a character, I I think a modern version of Peter Sellers in some ways is Mike Myers. Yeah, you know when you see Mike Myers, especially of late, it's almost like he's inhabiting a, a persona, mm. and that's how he's interesting. Uh, and yeah, that that's Peter Sellers all over for sure. I, I do know the scene you mean, and mm. it's like, oh, you know, it's it's almost disappointing that these two great juggernauts, you know, Peter Sellers and the Beatles, and they come together, and it's a it's a very weird very meeting, strange. Yeah. very odd. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Well, hey, look, those are our four tracks this week. Mm. We uh, love me do. I want you. She's so heavy. Lucy in the Scars Diamonds. She loves you. We need to make a decision, Rob. Yes, we do. Have at I've, it. I've made mine. Do you okay. want to hear it? Of course. Well, let me try and build it up. We've got two mm, early songs. We've got two later-ish songs. Of the early songs, I can instantly flick out Love Me Do because it's plotting compared to She Loves You. And with I Want You, She's So Heavy and Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, I think I would go with Lucy over I Want You, She's So Heavy, simply because the latter is long and heavy and you don't always want to put it on. And, and Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is so musically interesting uh and although it can be cliche to me i think it is a a stunning track so it's out of lucy and she loves you for me and out of the two jono i think a million people can't be wrong i'm going with she loves you i it's it is a um it is a, a a win for the listeners who have said to us many times that we don't focus enough on the early beatles as winners this mm-hmm. week you have won. I completely 100% agree. She oh, really? You. Yeah, absolutely. Was, was my rationale similar to yours to get there or different? Yeah. Um, I think Love Me Do, Yes Flick. Losing the Sky with Diamonds, iconic, uh, not perfect. 
Mm-hmm. I want you, you, you definitely have to be in the right frame of mind. Uh, it's sort of like a, you know, enjoy it when you want to uh, yeah. track. But she loves you, just like I said before, distills the Beatles down into just this beautiful, energetic song. It's it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. There we go. Mm, that was easy. She loves you. It was, it was relatively easy. <laughs> on a week of fairly big hitters for one reason or another. So there we go. Um, she loves you. It is through. Congratulations. Uh, we need to pick another four songs out, Rob. Shall okay. we crack into it? Get your pen and paper ready. I got it. Yep. Excellent. No faffing around today. All right, track number one for next week, Heat 35, will be When I Get Home. When I Get Home. Okay. Uh, Hard Day's Night. Uh, Everybody's Trying to Be My Baby. From Beatles for Sale. Carry That Weight. Back to Abbey Road. Again. A little bit shorter, that one, than this week's. And wow, next week's going to be an absolute winner. I'll cry instead. Uh, another hard day's night track. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Not hundred percent inspired yet, but hey, I've got a week. To, you, you do have a week to get yourself going for it. <laughs> hey, uh, if you want to get in touch, uh, please do. We'd love to hear from you. The Beatles World Cup at gmail.com. Uh, also at Beatles World Cup on Twitter. The poll will be up soon, I promise you, and you'll be able to uh, let us know if we got it right with "She Loves You." But of course, we got it right. <laughs> we'll see. Do you think? Uh, anyway, uh, we will catch you next week. Have a wonderful week, and uh, so long, farewell. See you then. <laughs>